0: Hello and welcome to the chat. This podcast. My name is Charlie. I'm your host. Um, if it's your first time clicking on the episode, thank you very much for um, for taking that leap of faith and uh, listening. If you're returning from a previous episodes um, and you're expecting conspiracies, whatever uh, part of this, well, the main part of this episode is going to be explaining a bit of a new direction that I'm going to be taking the podcast in um and yeah i'll explain in a bit more detail what that is if you notice it's a little bit echoey in here which is annoying i'm um, i'm using a brand new microphone which is really nice but i've had to come downstairs and record this in our living room as the room that i did record in is now being prepared for what well, to be a nursery as we're expecting our second son uh, which, FYI, is due at the end of this month as well. So, if there is another quiet period, chances are that's um, that's why it is. So, as I said, today's episode is well. It's going to touch on the change of direction that I'm going to take the podcast in, um, and also will include a a new segment that I'm going to be including as well in future episodes. So, the first um, the first three episodes have been you know conspiracy theories and stuff like that. Which I am really into. I really, you know, enjoy sort of learning about them and stuff like that. But I, I'm not as, I wasn't finding it as fun sitting and just talking about them. You know, trying to be, I suppose, more, not educational, but I, I just didn't get much joy out of doing it. I definitely do want to have those types of um, those types of conversations, but as exactly that, you know, a conversation with someone else here as well um who's also either into conspiracies or perhaps who isn't into conspiracies uh, so we can have a bit of a back and forth about it you know um a bit of a debate about them so they're not completely gone but also I mean the point of the podcast like I said I think I said it in the first episode I'm not sure that was that was about about a year ago well it's in April um but this is meant to be my my fun, just, uh, you know, just just a bit of an outlet to get my thoughts across and stuff like that. And I sort of got on the tangent of conspiracy theories, uh, but that isn't why I set the podcast up, you know, just to talk about conspiracy theories. The clue is in the title, you know, it's the chat this podcast. So it's just chat and I want to, I want to do topics about this, that and everything, you know, whether that be current events and my thoughts on that, or, you know, obviously I'd appreciate you sticking around and uh, going on the journey with me. Uh, But of course, if you have been here solely for, um, for conspiracy theories or anything like that, then they will be a lot fewer and far between. So that's going to be my change of direction. I'm not committing also to the amount of times I upload per week or month or anything like that i'm just going to see how it goes for a bit and see if it gets any traction and and go from there so far it's only been me on this podcast um but what i'd really like is to get some other to get some other people on here as well who i can have conversation with and a bit of a laugh with and just create a little bit of diversity within the channel just something a bit more interesting so like I said, one of those uh, one of the things that I'd like to talk about is current events and, um, and topics that are going on around the world and what my thoughts are on them, just to get my my thoughts out on it and, uh, and discuss it. It's all confusing after Christmas, isn't it? You know, you're at work, then you're not at work. I had the pleasure of working through Christmas, so not on actual Christmas Day and Boxing Day and stuff, but all the days in between um, I was working, which has a positive and a negative The negative is, of course, you're not just off on holiday with family for the whole time. Uh, But the positive is, like, for instance, a lot of people came back uh, last week on Thursday and they were, you know, they were so depressed about coming back into the office and stuff like that. But because I've been there, I've been there through, um, through the whole period, I didn't have that sense of downness. You know, it's just normal. I'm sure people can relate. But as I did briefly mention, we are expecting me and my girlfriend, uh, another son at the end of this month. So January 31st, booked in for a cesarean, uh, which I'm incredibly excited about. You know, I've got a two-year-old son at the moment as well. Uh, So he's just going to be an amazing big brother, I'm sure of it. Uh, So yeah, I really, really can't wait for that. So as far as current events, that brings us to the end of it, it's pretty weak on um, on this one as like I say, it's not the main part of today's episode really, it's just to say about the change of direction that I'm going to be heading in, uh, so you can choose to come on that journey or you can choose to unsubscribe there, although saying that I don't even know who subscribes and who doesn't, I don't know how to check that stat, that's a good start isn't it? <laughs> but I want to start doing a youtube channel at some point so actually filming these and especially if it's conversation I think it's and well I mean if you're at your computer it's good to see the conversation happening as well so one of the um one of the new ideas that I've got for this podcast is finding different books or or yeah I suppose books but not um not fictional books factual books and discussing different different things from you know, from that book. So for instance, I got given a book for Christmas and it's called What If? Uh, the Serious Scientific Answers to Absurd Hypothetical Questions. Now I think this kind of thing is really interesting and this book is really cool because it's by um, it's by Randall Munro. So he was the creator of XKCD. If you're not aware of who that is or what it is, I wasn't aware either. Um, but I will just find the little description. Description of it. You can hear the pages there, sorry. Okay, so he draws XKCD, which is a stick figure webcomic. So anyway, he's got this book and it answers the questions, like I just said, um, you know, the hypothetical questions that people ask, or I guess maybe don't ask. But either way, I think it's really interesting. What I what wanna do. Is each episode just take one of the one of the questions from it and just go through it because this book explains it. It gives you the reasons and sort of why, um, you know, how they would happen and what would happen as well. And the first question I think is the best one to put at the beginning because it definitely gets your attention. I think whether you're not even that interested in this kind of stuff. A lot of people have asked this particular question. So what I'm gonna do is just uh, just start reading it. Um, and of course, we'll you know stop and have my thoughts as we go. So the question is uh, what would happen if the Earth and all terrestrial objects suddenly stopped spinning, but the atmosphere retained its velocity? So if the world just stopped, but you know the weather and and stuff like that was still going as it normally would. So yeah, I think we, when I hear that question, my automatic thoughts are we would surely just sort of like just die. You know, we would just go spinning off at about a billion miles an hour or whatever. Um, but when you actually, when, you, when we read this answer, there's a lot more to it, which I think is quite interesting as well. So here's the answer to uh, what would happen if the Earth and all terrestrial objects suddenly stopped spinning but the atmosphere retained its velocity and it looks like the question is from well written by Andrew Brown whoever he is okay so oh and in fact I should probably put a disclaimer in there Um, I'm not even sure if you can do this with someone else's book Um, but what I would do in the hopes that it makes it okay is put the link to the book below I don't get anything for it I don't even you know, know know the person that wrote it or anything like that but I will put a link below to Amazon or wherever. To the book so at least i can sort of promote the uh, the sale of it um okay anyway back to the answer so i'm sure you remember what the question was so the answer nearly everyone would die in big bold capital letters so that's the main that's the main point um that's the main answer there to that question but then it goes on to explain it and i've only read about the first when you read about the first um first couple of lines on this answer as well so it's going to be new to me and I, th- I mean it'll be new to to me every time as well because i you know I'm not going to look into these things too much otherwise it makes me feel a bit scripted so nearly everyone would die then things would get interesting at the equator the earth's surface is moving at about 470 meters per second a little over a thousand miles per hour relative to its axis If the earth stopped and the air didn't, the result would be a sudden thousand mile per hour wind. So that alone, I, you know, I wouldn't have even thought of that kind of thing. I just would assume if you stop, you just get catapulted off and that's it. There's there's no, I don't take into consideration the actual atmosphere itself and how much force that carries. So the wind would be highest at the equator but everyone and everything living between 42 degrees north and 42 degrees south which includes about 85% of the world's population would suddenly experience supersonic winds. So at this point I don't know if we would um still be standing still somehow or you know or what would happen but this is just sort of going through my mind as I um as I read this out really. The highest winds would last for only a few minutes near the surface. Friction with the ground would slow them down. However, those few minutes would be long enough to reduce virtually all human structures to ruins. Blimey! So if you've got winds of a thousand miles per hour, well, that's the kind of uh, that's the kind of wind that can knock buildings down. Then that's pretty crazy. Um, there's a little picture in here. Obviously, you can't see it, but it's a picture of the globe uh, with a key of two colours. One's a darker colour and it says terrible things happen and one's a bit lighter and it says terrible things happen but more slowly. And for the benefit of this podcast, well, it sounds like a police interview doesn't it? Uh, the majority of the world is in the dark colour just with the very north and the very south tips um, which are still things, What terrible things happening but more slowly. Um, so looking here at the next line, it is written as the, as the person's writing it themselves. Uh, so I'll just read it as it uh, as it's written. So my home in Boston is far enough north to be just barely outside the supersonic wind zone, but the winds there would still be twice as strong as those in the most powerful tornadoes. Buildings from sheds to skyscrapers would be smashed flat, torn from their foundations, and sent tumbling across the landscape. So it's a pretty nasty, uh, nasty. Thing to be around from the looks of it although I don't know what's happening to the people at this point but I can only assume if the wind's going to knock down buildings then the people are long gone flying off but where do they fly to do they stay within the atmosphere and just sort of I, I don't know hopefully it will explain that bit as well so winds would be lower near the poles but no human cities are far enough from the equator to escape devastation long on the island of Svalbard in Norway sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong the highest latitude city on the planet would be devastated uh, by winds equal to those in the planet's strongest tropical cyclones. So still not looking particularly good in Norway. If you're going to wait it out, one of the best places to do it might be Helsinki, Finland. While its high latitude above 60 degrees north wouldn't be enough to keep it from being scoured clean by the winds, the bedrock below Helsinki contains a sophisticated network of tunnels along with a subterranean shopping mall, hockey rink, swimming complex, and more. So they sound pretty sorted in, uh, in Finland, in that bit. There's a little stick figure drawing here that says, all those years you made fun of us for living in such a cold and dark place. And then suckers, basically. Hmm. I didn't know people did make fun of people living in Helsinki, but uh, apparently so. And I'm guessing it's one of those places where you don't get much uh, much daylight for a large proportion of the year. Anyway, we shall continue. No buildings would be safe, even structures strong enough to survive the winds would be in trouble. As comedian Ron White said about hurricanes, it's not that the wind is blowing, it's what the wind is blowing. Say you're in a massive bunker made out of some material that can withstand thousand mile per hour winds. So then there's a little stick figure uh, reading a story to a little girl or something in bed, guessing it's daughter. Then the 90 second little pig built a house out of depleted uranium and the wolf was like, dude, I don't think I really get it. I'll carry on. That's good and you'd be fine. If you were the only one with a bunker. Unfortunately, you probably have neighbours and if the neighbour upwind of you has a less well anchored bunker, your bunker will have to withstand a thousand bar per hour impact by their bunker. Oh, okay. There's a little picture to explain that. So basically saying that if their bunker's not good, it's going to get blown off and smash into your bunker. I don't know who has bunkers above the ground. I thought the whole point of bunkers was they were below ground, but I don't know. Oh, here we go. So the human race wouldn't go extinct. In general, very few people above the surface would survive. The flying debris would pulverize anything that wasn't uh, that wasn't nuclear hardened. However, a lot of people below the surface of the ground would survive just fine. If you're in a deep basement, or better yet, a subway tunnel, when it happened, you would stand a good chance of surviving. Okay, well this is good news. There would be other lucky survivors. The dozens of scientists and staff at the Amundsen-Scott Research Station at the South Pole would be safe from the winds. So, so far it's looking like you'd be pretty safe if you were... If you are underground, basically. Uh, For them, the first sign of trouble would be that the outside world has suddenly gone silent. The mysterious silence would probably distract them for a while, but eventually someone would notice something even stranger. And here we go. There's another stick drawing here with um, one guy talking talking to a girl. They're just stick figures. So I assume these are the scientists. The sun isn't moving. Oh, the earth must have stopped spinning, destroying everything in a global tempest. I hate it when that happens, I'll kick it and see if it starts again, okay, I think these pictures, um, they sort of lose their, sort of lose their, um, the funny side of it, while I'm reading it out, so I think in future I'm just going to miss out the little drawings, and if you are that interested in them, then go and get the book, so the air, Um, this bit is, that's a little subtitle, the air, so here we go, as the surface winds died down, things would get weirder. The wind blast would translate to a heat blast. Normally the kinetic energy of rushing wind is small enough to be negligible, but this would not be normal wind. As it tumbled to a turbulent stop, the air would heat up. Overland, this would lead to scorching temperature increases and in areas where the air is moist, global thunderstorms. All right, so it looks like we're not, it isn't just the um, the wind that's causing, well, it's gonna be the problem here. So, I mean, I'm just speculating at this point, but I think. It's safe to say that just because you're under the ground when it's stopped, doesn't mean you're going to continue to be safe. So overland, this would lead to scorching temperature increases and in areas where the air is moist, global thunderstorms. Okay, I've just read that bit, haven't I? So At the same time, wind sweeping over the oceans would churn up and atomize the surface layer of the water. For a while, the ocean would cease to have a surface at all. It would be impossible to tell where the spray ended and the sea began. Oceans are cold. Below the thin surface layer, they are a fairly uniform 4 degrees. The tempest would churn up cold water from the depths. The influx of cold spray into superheated air would create a type of weather never before seen on earth. A roiling mix of wind, spray, fog and rapid temperature changes. Okay, that's not sounding great, is it? This upwelling would lead to blooms of life as fresh nutrients flooded the upper layers. At the same time, it would lead to huge die-offs of fish, crabs, sea turtles, and animals unable to cope with the influx of low oxygen water from the depths. Any animal that needs to breathe, such as whales and dolphins, would be hard-pressed to survive in the turbulent sea-air interface. So it's not looking great if you live under the sea. Uh, if you're a fish or anything like that, you're, uh, you're pretty screwed. Not as screwed as if you're a dolphin, though. As it said, uh, you don't want to be coming up to a surface where, well, from what they've explained, it's... It's just a moist hot cloud. The waves would sweep around the globe east to west and every east-facing shore would encounter the largest storm surge in world history. A blinding cloud of sea spray would sweep inland and behind it, a turbulent rolling wall of water would advance like a tsunami. In some places, the waves would reach many miles inland. So I guess if you're in your bunker and you live kind of near the coast, so you've survived the windfall, but then if all the water comes over you, and suddenly you're underwater. You are. You're pretty screwed, really, aren't you? Uh, The windstorms would inject huge amounts of dust and debris into the atmosphere. At the same time, a dense blanket of fog would form over the cold ocean surfaces. Normally, this would cause global temperatures to plummet, and they would. At least on one side of the Earth. If the Earth stopped spinning, the normal cycle of day and night would end, The sun wouldn't completely stop moving across the sky, but instead of rising and setting once a day, it would rise and set once a year. Okay, yeah, that makes sense, because if the globe isn't spinning at all, but it's spinning relative to going around the sun, then yeah, obviously it takes a year for the Earth to get round, so that makes sense. Day and night would each be six months long, even at the equator. On the day side, the surface would bake under the constant sunlight, while on the night side, the temperature would plummet. Convection on the day side would lead to massive storms in the area directly beneath the sun. In some ways, this Earth would resemble one of the tidally locked exoplanets commonly found in a red dwarf star's habitable zone, but a better comparison might be fairly early Venus. And this is what I always think, actually. Um, I think Earth is almost headed to towards venus and we we're, we're almost seeing the future of earth in venus so you look at our greenhouse gases and global warming everything like that and venus is basically like earth when a chemical a chemical reaction or i can't think of the uh, the better term for it but it's gone mad you know it's something that goes past the point of return and i think this is what we hear about a lot in the news and you know these um, global activists or whatever activist people where we will hit the point of no return and that's essentially what you know what's happened to Venus something went completely mad in its system and and ended up you know with acid rain it's boiling hot you yeah, a human couldn't live there but the planet itself is very similar to earth it's almost exactly the same size and you could see that potentially it had a history of of looking like earth so there we go due to its rotation oh, okay it's going to give us a bit of uh, information about uh, venus so due to its rotation venus like our stopped earth keeps the same face pointed towards the sun for months at a time however its thick atmosphere circulates quite quickly which results in the day and the night side having about the same temperature although the length of the day would change the length of the month would not the moon doesn't stop rotating around the earth however without the earth's rotation feeding it tidal energy the Moon would start would stop drifting away from the Earth as it's doing currently because yeah the moon is getting very slightly further away from the earth each um, well, I don't know over what period they measure it, but yeah, it's getting further away, and would start to slowly drift back towards us. So in fact, the moon, our faithful companion, would act to undo the damage Andrew's scenario caused. Right now, the Earth spins faster than the moon, and our tides slow down the Earth's rotation while pushing the moon away from us. If we stopped rotating the moon would stop drifting away from us instead of slowing us down its tides would accelerate our spin quietly gently the moon's gravity would tug on our planet and then there's a little um little picture that goes on here so it's basically saying this is this is the moon talking to the earth and it doesn't look like the um it doesn't look like the Earth is talking back to it. So I know I said I wouldn't read out these pictures, but I think it helps sort of finish up this, uh, this scenario. So, hey, Earth, Earth, why'd you stop? Oh, no, are you OK? Earth, you OK? Don't be scared, Earth. I can help. I'm here, Earth. Your moon is here. And it's saying that as it's going round and round. Um, so it would keep tugging on our planet and Earth would start turning again. And then the moon politely says, I will never leave you. So that brings us to the end of that um, that particular question and answer. I think that's quite interesting. So essentially, the Earth would start going round and round again down to our moon, which I think is really interesting. You know, I had no idea that it had that much, um, that much force or power over us. So that's really cool. Um, and it looks like if you're in the right place at the right time, so if you know it's going to happen, although I don't know who would you know who would uh, be able to tell you that but you would as long as you're underground and I guess stay there for a foreseeable period and maybe underground but underground up a hill if that makes sense so <laughs> chip yourself into chip yourself into some kind of mountain or uh, or something like that um because then at least you're not going to get flooded out as well unless you're in a completely waterproof bunker but I guess you don't know how long it's going to take for the water to go back down so I'd I'll just stick with my um my plan you heard it here first go and dig a hole in a hill and uh stay there so hopefully you found that interesting that particular one I certainly did and as I say it's the first time I've read it so it's really interesting for me um and that's what I want to do so I'm good the next few episodes I will be I will be taking questions out of this book I don't know what the I don't know what the um the next question is uh, what would happen if you tried to hit a baseball pitched at 90 percent the speed of light all right so yeah that's fairly interesting yeah so we'll answer that next week uh don't go ahead of yourself and answer it uh, before you listen to the episode yeah and then i'll try and have other sort of you know interesting facts as well because i think that that makes it a bit more interesting and if you know if you've got any questions or things that you want to hear spoken about by me then by all means email me on chat this uh No, yeah so my email address is chatthis.podcast at gmail.com so send any send any questions you have like that or any feedback as well on the podcast as well like I say I know this is a change of direction if it is your first time listening then it doesn't really matter uh, because this is all you'll ever know um and yeah that's, that's it from my side do give me a follow on twitter and keep up to date as well with episodes and uploads and things like that uh, so you can find me at the underscore CTP, the chat this podcast. And um, yeah, so check me out on there. And that brings us to the end of this episode. I'm really glad I've finally done it because it's been a little while. As I said, I hit that stale point where I thought mm, I, I'm in a bit of a crossroads. But I think this particular thing, I really like doing this, uh, this setup and this structure because I think it keeps the content fresh as well. So... Again, thank you very much for listening. I've been your host, Charlie, and I will see you on the next episode. Follow Twitter to find out when that will be. Cheers.